What's up, everyone? A big week in the NFL. This is the Gridiron Authority Podcast. My name is Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what are some of the headlines we're going to look at this week? Oh, we got the Steelers staying undefeated. We got an XFL, X, XFL star uh, making his first start and winning. Uh, Alex Smith getting his first win in over two years. We got the Cowboys getting their first win in over a month. Uh, Seems like two years. Uh, Carson Wentz con- uh, continues his struggles. Uh, and Tom Brady still up and down in primetime this year. So a uh, lot to cover. All right, let's get into it. All right, let's get into our recaps here. And I'm sorry if I threw you off with that Cowboys uh, jeer there. Not even. But, uh, not even here. Yeah, it's true. It's fine. You know, it's fine. All right, let's talk about this last Thursday game. Cardinals-Seahawks, obviously great football game. Seahawks win at 28-21. What did you see in this game? Uh, what I saw was the the Seahawks actually had a running game this week, uh, which is, I mean, that's been the big thing I've I've been saying for really the entire, or I mean, for at least the last three or four weeks that they've been missing is uh, they had Carlos Hyde in there, had 14 carries, 79 yards and a touchdown. They had some good, you know, uh, some other good running plays in there. Um, Russell Wilson made some good throws. DK Metcalf had a good game. Tyler Lockett had a good game. Uh, I mean, this this was a well-played game by the Seahawks against a, a really talented uh, Arizona team. Uh, Kyler Murray was still able to put up some points and some yards, uh, but it, they effectively shut down the run game of of Arizona. Kenyon Drake didn't really do too much, honestly, um, and they kept DeAndre Hopkins contained. They kept Christian Kirk contained, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, and even though Kyler Murray had a good game overall, they they contained him. He had 269 yards and two touchdowns, so um, he didn't blow up in this game. Uh, kind of like he did that first one that they had. So uh, it was a good defensive game by the Seahawks. Good, uh, good, clean, just uh, just consistent offensive game, offensive performance by the Seahawks. Uh, and and again, the defense showed up and the running game showed up for the Seahawks. And that's what they've really been missing over the last month or so. Um, so it was a nice bounce back win by them. Yeah, to me, it's super simple. We talked about it last week, and you and I have talked about this too. It's It's the turnovers. Russell Wilson... Yep, didn't have any picks and they win. He, it's we talked about the the let Russ cook movement that they're going through. Um, you know, obviously him doing too much is bad for them. He didn't have to do too much. He only threw for 197 yards, two touchdowns. Yep, uh, a very nice game. No no picks, no turnovers. So, um, you know, it's it's a great it, it's great to see them make that that correction really. I mean, not that him throwing 30 touchdowns this season is a bad thing, but the turnovers were killer for him and he did lose his team some games with the turnover. So it's nice to see him uh, eliminate those turnovers and get a win. Yeah, absolutely. I talk about Steelers and Jaguars. It wasn't supposed to be a real particularly close game, but the Steelers blew him out and they're 10 and Oh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was actually kind of surprising for the first quarter when the Jaguars actually had a three, nothing lead after one. And then, and then the Steelers kind of, I guess, remembered that they were in a football game and decided to play a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Steelers came in, did what they were supposed to do. I mean, they won by, you know, double digit points against a a one and nine team. Um, I, I mean, this, it wasn't a a great game. It doesn't really do much to change my opinion on the Steelers. It's nice that they're 10 and 0. Uh, but again, they, they, they're not playing anyone ever. 
Um, I mean, really, their best games have been, you know, best game really has been against the Ravens. Uh, and we see how the Ravens are playing right now. So um, even that has lost some of its merit. So um, I would like to actually see the Steelers play a, a good, tough team. I'd like to see how they do against someone like the Bills or someone like the Chiefs or someone like, uh, you know, the Buccaneers or something like that. Uh, you know, just a, a, a little tougher game because, again, they're playing all these just bad teams. They are winning the games and they're winning them the way they, they should, honestly, for the most part, outside of a couple. Um, but, I mean, I, I want to see them against some better competition, though. Yeah, and that's to me the biggest bright spot in this team is Chase Claypool. That guy uh, for a young wide receiver is a stud right now. Eight touchdowns on the season. He seems to every time I see a highlight of a Steelers game, he's the one making the plays. So it's good to see him. Like you said, I mean, this is they won the games they're supposed to win, which is what I always say about a team. If you're a good team, you win the games you're supposed to win, and you're competitive in the games you're supposed to lose. Uh, and they did exactly that. So I can't really fault them for that. But, yeah, I would like to see them uh, in the playoffs. It's going to be real interesting because the AFC is loaded this year. So yeah, it's going to be really crazy coming down to the wire. Yep, for sure. How about the Panthers uh, shutting out the Lions 20 to nothing with the X, X, XFL? Why is it so hard to say? X, XFL star yep. at quarterback. What do you think? Uh, this, I mean, this was surprising, honestly, from a from an offensive point, uh, from an offensive standpoint, and from a defensive standpoint, because the Lions have a good offense. Uh, I know that they were without DeAndre Swift this week. Uh, really, really screwed you over in fantasy. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I know that they were without uh, DeAndre Swift, but even without him, they still have a good offense, and they were shut out completely. Um, and the Panthers were missing Teddy Bridgewater. They were missing Christian McCaffrey again. Um, and PJ Walker came in and, and had a great game. I mean, he threw for 258 yards, had a touchdown. Mike Davis came in, ran for 60 yards and a touchdown. Uh, DJ Moore had over 100 yards receiving. Uh, I mean, this was just a really a dominant performance on both sides of the ball. Um, and I know 20 points isn't a, a huge number to put up, um, but if you actually really watch the game, I mean, they they really controlled this game for a majority of it, uh, and it was never really in doubt, honestly. Uh, so I, this was a great game by them. Uh, very, very surprising, honestly. Um, again, missing both, you know, their starting quarterback and their, you know, honestly, when healthy, probably the best running back in football. So, uh, and they were still able to dominate. So great game by them. And I will say that the one thing I took from this game is I, this to me is proof that a kind of a minor league, I don't want to say minor league, but minor league football team thing could work because we know the AAF wasn't successful. We know the XFL failed. XFL is going to try it again here in a year or two, but yeah, PJ Walker would be completely unemployed if not for the XFL. He played phenomenally in that league and he comes in here and now all of a sudden he's getting some, some action. He may have a career now as, as a really competent backup going forward. So to me, it's just awesome to see. Yeah. And I mean, and, and honestly, he may even have a, you know, if depending on how long Teddy Bridgewater's out, if he had, if Bridgewater misses another game and he has another good game, then he could be getting looks as a, you know, as a potential fill in starter, you know, as, as kind of one of those borderline Tyrod Taylor, you know, he could start for us if we need him to, um, but he's also a competent backup, obviously. So, uh, I mean, this could be his his audition for an actual potential starting job down the road. Absolutely. Let's take a look at the Patriots game. They continue to struggle. They're at four and six on the season after losing twenty to twenty seven against the Houston Texans. Uh, Cam Newton had a decent game, bouncing back, three hundred sixty five yards. What do you think of this game? 
Yeah, I mean, this was this was a weird one because if you if you look at everything offensively, um, the Patriots should have should have dominated this game and they just didn't. Um, I mean, Cam Newton, 360 yards, uh, Demir Bird, uh, 132 yards receiving Damian Harris uh, only had 43 yards rushing and a touchdown, but it was only on like 10 carries. So he was averaging over four yards. Um uh, or 11 carry, sorry. Um, so right at about four yards and a touchdown. Um, they lost Rex Burkhead in what, the first quarter or first half? Mm-hmm. Um, another damaging. Yeah, torn, to torn ACL out for the season. Yeah. Uh, and not only did you lose a Husker there, you also lost a, a fantasy running back that was meant to replace DeAndre Swift for you. So um, <laughs> I was swinging and missing this week in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, in one in of the, the leagues. League. Yeah. In one of the leagues. Um, we'll talk about the other league here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, th- this, this was a game offensively that the Patriots played great, uh, but the Texans did enough to win. I mean, uh, Deshaun Watson had a good game. The defense played, a, played, I know they gave up a lot of yards, but they kind of had that bend don't break, uh, mentality for that Texans defense, uh, gave up a lot of yards, but didn't give up a lot of points. They kept their offense in it. Um, kept, you know, put their offense in some good positions at times and the offense was able to capitalize. So, um, I mean, it was a good win by the Texans, and honestly, I mean, they've the Texans have looked good since Bill O'Brien's been gone. Um, the same, I mean, really, mostly the same way the Falcons have looked good since Dan Quinn's been gone. So for the most part, um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good win by the Texans, and and kind of a promising game for the for the Patriots at least in terms of offense. So uh, at least we could see that they can move the ball if they really want to. The thing that shocks me is seeing these two teams in the position they're in now, especially after last year and even the the past five years, you know, these are teams that are consistently on top of the AFC and they're struggling, both of them. And, and this was an exciting game to watch, but it wasn't necessarily two good teams duking it out. It's two, two struggling teams that are duking it out. And, and the Patriots seem to have more issues on their team, but a good win for the Texans. Nonetheless, I think at this point they're going to take any win they can get. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so this week I had the opportunity to watch really a ton of good games. This was just a really good week of football, a lot of close games. This one was one of the best. Titans over the Ravens, 30-24 to in overtime. How'd you like it? Oh, this was a fantastic game. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Titans had a great fourth quarter. I think they scored, what, 11 points in the fourth quarter to, to force yeah. overtime. Uh, and then Derrick Henry had that, that uh, touchdown or the touchdown at the end in overtime to, to win the game. Uh, I mean, Ryan Tannehill played a great game, 260 yards, two touchdowns. Henry, 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Corey Davis had over 100 yards. A.J. Brown had a great game. Uh, and they really, I mean, they really contain that, that Ravens offense, which it hasn't really been hard to do honestly lately, but, um, I mean, they just kept the status quo essentially with that. I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson had some nice passes and stuff, but, uh, they moved the ball. I feel like better than they have in recent weeks, but, uh, that offense is still stagnant though. There's still just, there's still just not a lot of excitement to it. There's not a lot of mystery to it. They're still kind of doing the same thing. Um, they did have a little more success this week than they have, uh, in previous weeks, but still, there there's still something off about the offense that they need to that they need to fix if they if they want to make the playoffs. Because right now they're they're on the outside looking in. And this is an insane thing about this game. Really, these are two of the top teams in the league, honestly, as far as production and, and success over the last couple of years. But these two teams right now are both kind of on the outside looking out. Yeah, you got the Titans battling the Colts. You got the Ravens battling the Browns and the Steelers in their division, and. 
this is what we talked about with the Steelers and they're, they're playing the Ravens this week. So we'll find out, but this is a stacked AFC right now. And this AFC playoff race is going to be crazy because there's going to be some good teams that are not in, and it's going to be insane to see. But uh, to me, it goes right back down to Lamar Jackson. He just got to pass the ball better. He's barely over 50% under 200 yards has a pick. Uh, He just has to be better. Um, and, and honestly, we're talking about his rushing. 13 carries for 51 yards, 3.9 average. That's terrible for a quarterback running. Yeah. Um, essentially, you'd be better off just handing it to J.K. Dobbins or even Mark Ingram. Just give the runners the ball and pass the football. And if you can't do that, you're not going to be successful in this league. And I think that's been the case for as long as I can remember, even all the way back to Mike Vick. Yeah. When you have a quarterback who's a run-first mentality, they very rarely, like how many Super Bowls does Mike Vick have? None, that's right. It's, it's just it doesn't translate in the NFL because, because once they can stop it, you force them to pass. If they're not good passers, they're done. So yeah, they I, have to figure out, I think Lamar Jackson has the arm talent. They just have to honestly, and I think it falls more on the coordinator. They have to get some better plays, John up and let him pass the football first. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, I think I, I'd say a couple things with that. I mean, you, you see the quarterbacks, the ones that can run and throw, um, are the ones like a Russell Wilson who who he's a throw first quarterback who runs out of necessity. Um, Kyler Murray uh, is a throw first quarterback who runs out of necessity. Um, even guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those guys um, who can who can run the ball pretty well. Josh Allen runs the ball extremely well, um, but they're all throw first guys who run out of necessity. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a run first guy who throws out of necessity. Um, and like you said, 13 carries for 51 yards, Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram had five carries combined for eight yards. Uh, I mean, that that's terrible. But then you also have JK Dobbins over here averaging 4.7 yards a carry in this game and he's got 15 carries and that's it. You know, you have a guy that's that, I mean, is basically averaging five yards a carry and you're not giving him the ball. Uh, and then also just kind of looking at, at the, how the receivers break down, um, you had Mark Andrews with four catches, or sorry, five catches and ninety-six yards, and then after that, the next guy is is Des Bryant with four catches and twenty-eight yards, which was great to see. I mean, Des Bryant actually getting catches—that was awesome. Uh, but then Willie Sneed, three catches, twenty yards. J.K. Dobbins, two catches, fifteen yards. Uh, I mean, all these guys that I mean, they're just not doing anything, and the ones that they are, I mean, it's you know, they're seven yards, five yards, five yards, five yards, seven yards, seven yards. Uh, and, and that's it. So even when they are throwing the ball, they're not really, they're not really throwing it. They're only throwing it a few yards down the field. Um, even Des Bryant, he had four catches, 28 yards. One catch was 16 yards, which means his other three catches were only 12 yards combined. So one catch was 16 yards. The other catches, he was only averaging four yards a catch. Uh, so even when they are throwing it, they're not, I mean, they're barely, it's almost like a screen. It's an extended run is all they're really doing with it. So they, they got to move the ball downfield. They got it. They got to get the ball downfield um, in some way. So um, just something to kind of keep an eye on. And another thing I'd like to kind of point out, you were talking about those mobile quarterbacks when you're talking about Russell Wilson, yep. Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, even Aaron Rodgers to an extent, Drew yeah. Brees that can move. The one thing that they do is they run to extend plays and then they throw it still. And, and when you look at even what Kyler Murray did last week with that Hail Mary, yeah. his mobility got him loose and let him throw it down the field. Pat Mahomes, you saw it over and over again this week, yeah. running out of the pocket all the way to the sideline and making throws. What Lamar Jackson does, as soon as he breaks out of the pocket, he's running. 
he has no even want to pass it. He's just trying to run. And when you're averaging three yards a carry, it's not working. So yeah, it's going to be interesting because if they're not careful here, they are dangerously close to just being out of the playoffs here. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and again, those, you know, uh, th- those guys, they throw or they only run out of necessity. I mean, when you see those guys run um, every now and then you'll get those designed runs and I get that. Uh, but for the most part, those guys run even even when they're moving the ball and it's, you know, like you said, moving to the sideline to extend a play. Um, if they don't throw it and they decide to run it, it's because that's literally the best option they have. It's either throw it out of bounds or I can run it and pick up five or six yards. Uh, yeah. And and that's what they do. But like you said, as soon as Jackson breaks out of the pocket, he's, he's on the run. He's gone. Like the receivers might as well just go into run block at that point. Yep. And that's, I think the other thing, a lot of people talk about the receivers for the Ravens and how bad they're doing, but it's almost hard to have any kind of timing when you see what happens with him. And I don't know whether it's the offensive line struggles. He bails out of the pocket so quickly that once you start rolling right or left, it eliminates receivers on one half of the field because he doesn't have, I don't want to say he doesn't have the arm talent, but he's not the guy that's going to throw back across his body or across the field and complete anything. So as soon as he rolls out, half the receivers are gone. Yep. And if they have good coverage on it, he runs for three, four yards, and that's the end of the play. So it's hard for me to put the blame so much on the receivers when they don't have any timing. There's no, I, I can't remember last time there was an actual timing route with the Ravens where he drops back, uh, seven step drop, five step drop, and just lets the ball go within a couple of seconds. He always hangs on to it, which is difficult for receivers. Yep, for sure. So let's talk about the other team that's going to give them a run for their money in this division here, and that's the Browns. They are. They won 22-17 over the Eagles, which isn't anything new, but they're 7-3 and three right now. What do you think of the Browns? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, again, the offense is kind of doing what I thought it would do without Odell Beckham. I mean, it's still not looking great. I think, what was it, last week they won 10-7, to seven, so in the last two weeks they're only averaging 16 points. Um, with that being said, uh, they've only given up 24 points in the last two weeks, so they're only giving up 12 points a game. Um, so the defense is playing lights out and they did this. They didn't even have miles Garrett this week. He was out. He's expected to miss this next week as well. Uh, so even without miles Garrett, this defense is playing great. Um, the thing I love about the Browns though, right now is that they are running the ball. Um, they're running the ball extremely well. Um, they're containing Baker Mayfield. They're not letting him make anything, you know, any, any uh, mistakes really, but you know, Nick Chubb had over a hundred yards rushing Kareem hunt really struggled in, in this game. He only had, I think 11 yards on like 12 carries or something. I don't even think he averaged a yard. Um, 0.8 yards a carry. Yeah. But Nick Chubb, you know, the great thing about this team is that when Kareem Hunt's struggling, you have Nick Chubb that you can turn to. Um, when Nick Chubb's hurt, you have Kareem Hunt you can turn to. Uh, and Kareem Hunt, you know, also he makes plays in the you know out of the backfield uh, receiving. This game he didn't really do too much. He only had a catch. Uh, but he's got that capability. Kareem Hunt could, could easily uh, catch, you know, anywhere from I'd say 40 to 60 passes in a season um, if he was a full-time starter. Uh, without any, without any question, uh, he's he's great out of the backfield. Uh, so even when he struggles, you you have that option. But uh, I mean, this defense is playing great. Uh, offense is doing enough. They're they're playing pretty conservative, but that's kind of what they need to do at this point. So um, it was a good win by them. They're seven and three. They're five and one at home. Uh, I did see a fun stat that Baker Mayfield actually passed. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger recently as the winningest quarterback in the Brown Stadium. 
which I thought that was which is all sorts of sad. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Honestly, um, that was just kind of a fun stat I saw, um, which is fun. But on the flip side, though, you also have the Eagles who are just. I mean, I, I again, I still don't. I don't know what's wrong with Carson Wentz. Uh, I know he's getting pressured a lot. I know he got sacked. I think five times in this game. Uh, they didn't have too much of a running game, honestly, in this one. They did run for over 100 yards, but um, nothing big. I mean, I think their long was only 11 yards. Um, yeah, I also had Miles Sanders in the same fantasy league. My running backs were a disappointment, to say the least, this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, I really, to me, it just it comes down to, to Carson Wentz because, again, we just – I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, I mean, he just doesn't, he, part of it, he just doesn't look confident. Part of it, he's pressured and part of it, uh, it's just bad decision-making, honestly. I mean, he's playing like a rookie quarterback. He's got, I think 14 or 15 interceptions. I mean, that, that inter that pick six that he had, I mean, that was a terrible play. Um, absolutely terrible play, terrible decision. Um, so I mean, they, they got to do something. I mean, I know that they have Jalen Hurts, uh, as the backup, I don't think he's a legit option at this point, maybe next year, but uh, I mean, they've got to do something to light a fire under Wentz or to get his confidence back or something. Yeah. So I want to start, let's, let's talk about the Browns here real quick. Stefanski's got to be one of my coach of the year candidates now, because what he's doing is, is something that coaches, it's almost taken for granted. He's playing to his team's strength. He's not trying to force players into his style of offense. He has two legitimate number one backs. I mean, not too long ago, Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing with the Chiefs. Nick Chubb, obviously, is a stud, and he's using those guys. Uh, just like we talked about the opposite of the Ravens. They aren't using their running backs enough, and they're relying too much on their QB. Uh, Stavansky's saying, hey, Baker Mayfield, go out and complete these 12 passes for 200 yards and let the running backs do the work. And, yeah, the offense isn't super exciting. It's not super flashy, but when's the last time the Browns have had seven wins in the first 10 games? Yeah, for uh, sure. Have they ever? Honestly, it's been so long. Uh, it's incredible, and and they're doing it without Odell Beckham, and they're doing it without like this this game without uh, Miles Garrett. So they're I'm impressed with what they're able to do because it's just honestly, even if they're beating bad teams, it's been so long since the Browns have been this good. I think he has to be for a first year head coach up there in consideration. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, they're they're they're. They're building their scheme around their players rather than build, you know, putting their players into a scheme that doesn't fit them necessarily. Absolutely, I'm gotta love take it for granted because a lot of coaches do the opposite this these days. Oh yeah, and then let's flip over to the Eagles. I think it's simple. They have to put Jalen Hurts in. Carson Wentz is bad right now. Um, Like you said, either he's hurt or his confidence is shaken. Whatever it is, they need to get him off the field and get Jalen Hurts there. If nothing else, it's gonna give Carson Wentz some time to sit back, relax figure out what's going on and, and correct the issue because not only is he leading the league in picks we talked about last week, he's leading the league in dropped interceptions. So it's one of those things where he's really being careless with the football and, and their record shows it. And at this point they're still in the contention and then the lead in their division. So um, I think at this point you have to, to make a change because I don't, you keep doing the same thing every week and it's never getting any better. Yeah. They have to establish the run better. They have to take the pressure. It shouldn't be throwing 35 times with Carson Wentz when he's playing this bad. Get Jalen Hurts in there and let him throw the ball around a little bit and just give Carson Wentz, like you said, he light a fire under him or get the pressure off of him and let him refocus and figure out what's going on with him because he's not the same player he has been and the turnovers are killing him. Yeah, absolutely. 
let's talk about this game here. This this game is not super exciting as far as we expected it to go this way. The Saints, 24, the Falcons, 9. Taysom Hill in his first start. What did you think of him? Uh, yeah, th- I mean, this is this is kind of crazy, honestly. Um, you know, we joked around last week that there was no way they were going to start Taysom Hill. And then even when they announced Taysom Hill as the starter, you know, outside of the podcast, obviously, we were, you know, talking about how we thought it was just a – you know, uh, a mislead. He's going to play a, a snap or a series or a couple series, and then they'll bring in the real quarterback. Um, and and to Taysom Hill's credit, I mean, he he played a good game. Um, I mean, he he completed God, what eighty percent of his passes or something, or seventy five percent. Threw for two hundred and thirty yards. He actually ran. He led the team in rushing yards. Um, had fifty one rushing yards. Had two rushing touchdowns. So he he moved the ball up and down the field. Uh, I mean, he made some good throws. He made, he had some good runs. Um, I mean, the offense still put up 24 points, albeit against a bad defense, but still, uh, Michael Thomas looked great this week. Alvin Kamara had a, had a decent little game. Um, Latavius Murray, their backup running back had a good game overall. I think he had around 90 yards total offense or 85, something like that. Um, so he had a good game. I mean, they this was this was a solid game. And then that defense, the defense, God, I think they had what eight sacks or something like that. There's something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, eight sacks. Yeah. Um, so they had eight sacks. The so defense, you know, looked great this week against a really good offense. Uh, you know, the only negative I saw with Taysom Hill is he did lose a fumble. Um, but other than that, I mean, he for a first NFL start for a guy that's only thrown. I think what 10 passes or completed 10 passes or something in his career. Uh, it was a great game for him. I'm going to be the first one to say this. And this is probably the first time anyone's going to hear anyone say this all year or all week. I still think this is a terrible decision to start Taysom Hill. Um, honestly, he had a good game, but he's going against the Falcons. And like you said, eight sacks by the defense, two picks, and they still only put up 24 points, no touchdowns passing. Yeah. Um, they relied too much on Taysom Hill running, but, to me, what do you gain from starting Taysom Hill right now? Everyone hypes him up to be this great quarterback, but at the same time, he's he's four years older than Jameis Winston. He's 30 years old. He has almost no experience, whereas, you know, Jameis Winston, even though he's thrown a lot of picks, he's got – I mean, he's fresh off of a year where he threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, so you know he can do it. I still think, I mean, Taysom Hill, he could end up being a good quarterback. I'm not trying to say that, but this is a not a right decision. If this was a good team, I think they'd probably lose this game. Yeah. Uh, Falcons are just bad. They're three and seven, and they have an interim coach. They're a bad team. It worked this week, but if it sounds like Drew Brees is going to miss some time. He, he, I think they said he's up to, what, like eight or ten broken ribs right now on a punctured lung? Yep. So he's going to miss some time. Time will tell whether this is actually a good decision or not. I still don't like it. I still think when you have a guy like Jameis Winston, what do you do? It's not like this is your future young rookie guy. This guy is 30 years old. I can't imagine that this guy is going to be your starter for the next 10 years, where somebody like Jameis Winston, who's only 26, potentially could be. Yeah. And you pay Jameis Winston to come here. I know you pay Taysom Hill, too. It's just it's weird to me why everyone – hell, even David Carr today on ESPN said – that Taysom Hill ranks as his number one backup quarterback. I'm like, and how is that? <laughs> like, I, I've seen plenty. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably a better uh, backup quarterback. Alex Smith, better backup quarterback. But you're talking about a guy who's played one game now against one of the worst teams in the NFL. So yeah, um, I, I still think it's a suspect decision. And I honestly believe at some point this season, you're going to see James Winston play. 
I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I, I Again, I think just taking it game by game at the moment, just looking at this game, I think he played a good game. Uh, I am with you. I think at some point um, this is going to implode because if they play a, a great team, um, that won't make those mistakes um, or that they have to put up a ton of points on, say, the the Saints or, or not the Saints, sorry, the Seahawks or or the Chiefs or someone like that. I don't think Taysom Hill is a guy that could put up those type of points. Uh, and you can't necessarily, you know, I know Russell Wilson's had some turnover issues, but uh, you can't necessarily rely on Russell Wilson having those turnovers because Russell Wilson could easily go out and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, and when they're not making those mistakes i don't believe Taysom hill's a guy that can can score enough points to keep up with them um Jameis winston i believe can like he may make some mistakes also at the same time but he also can make some really big plays uh so i mean i i think right now it's looking good but uh eventually i do think it will implode at some point down the line yeah and the thing is too when you look at what Jameis winston worked with in in Tampa, you might argue that he's got a better receiver with Michael Thomas. And then he's got, you know, Alvin Kamara receiving on the backfield. I think James Winston has a chance to succeed. And I'm no way saying that that Taysom Hill won't ever be a good quarterback. It's just it's weird that you have a guy on your roster that's as um I don't want to say skilled, but that you know has put up the numbers before and you put the guy that never had any experience in there. It's questionable to me. We'll see how it plays out. All right. On a happier note. Washington 20, Bengals 9. This isn't a happy game. That sounded bad because what happened to Joe Burrow was devastating. But Alex Smith getting a win. Let's start there. How would you think about that? Uh, I mean, this is this is kind of an ironic game, honestly. Because, uh, I mean, it, it was awesome seeing Alex Smith get his first win in over two years. Uh, I mean, Washington played, played a solid game. They shut down the Bengals uh, outside of that second quarter. Um, Alex, I mean, it, it, this was just a good game by Washington overall. Um, not a perfect game, but it was a good game by him. Um, Alex Smith made some nice plays. Uh, Antonio Gibson ran the ball well, extremely well, honestly. Uh, and the defense played well. Um, on the flip side, seeing Joe Burrow, tore, you know, he tore his ACL, his MCL, and he's got some other structural damage from what I'm hearing. Um, I know that they're saying he'll be ready for the start of next season, but uh, I mean, that's still a big injury to come back from. So, um, hopefully he makes a, a, a nice recovery, full recovery. So, I mean, it is a little ironic that he suffered a, uh, a mass, you know, a massive leg injury in the same game that, uh, you know, Alex Smith gets his first win after coming back from a massive leg injury. So, uh, it was, it was a little eerie, but, uh, I mean, it was awesome to see Alex Smith actually win a game though. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a bittersweet game because, uh, actually reading some of the reports, Joe Burrow is not looking that good as far as next season goes. They're saying at minimum this severe of an injury, nine to twelve month rehab. Yep. So you're talking if twelve months that puts him halfway through next season. Yeah. So there's a really good chance he doesn't play next season. Yeah. Uh, at least the full season. But honestly, if you're if you think about it, if you're coming off of a serious knee injury and you're not going to come back till week eight or nine and your team's doing bad anyway, you're probably not going to come in. They're just going to let you heal for the rest of the season. So devastating because he's having such a good rookie year. Um, I picked him for rookie of the year up until this point, and it's it's really sad to see. But this guy's a fighter, and I think he's going to – I think he's probably one of those guys that's going to push through, do his rehab really good, and, and he's probably going to be on the nine-month 
to the nine months to 12 months side of that. So yeah, uh, still nine months, even that's, that's going to be pushing it to get ready by the start of the season. But we've seen Adrian Peterson do crazier things, so it can be done. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there is that. And I mean, I think one thing for the Bengals to look at is um, I mean, this gives them time to, to go out this off season, sign some free agents, build up that offensive line, work the draft, uh, bring in some more weapons, bring in a better defense, uh, and really put them in, in better shape to not only protect uh, Joe Burrow when he when he does come back, whether it's next year or the year after, but also um, put a better team around him so whenever he does come back, uh, there's not so much on him. Um, this year, I know Joe Mixon's been banged up basically all season, um, barely. I mean, I think I don't think he's played since week three or four, uh, and now he's on IR and going to miss another couple games. So. Um, I mean, I would take this time just to, to you know, to build around Joe Burrow, to develop some players around him, um, get some new faces in there and have, you know, have a potential playoff team waiting for him when he comes back. Absolutely. So let's move on to the game here. This is the actual probably rookie of the year now, Justin Herbert, uh, 34-28. They barely squeaked out a win over the Jets, which is a little worrisome. Um, we talk about the Chargers don't win games by more than seven. They don't lose games by more than seven. They play up and down to their competition. What do you think of this one? Uh, I mean, it was, it was actually a fun game to watch, to be completely honest. I mean, a lot of, lot of points scored. I mean, over 60 points scored. So um, Justin Herbert, again, another fantastic game, regardless of the competition he's playing against. I mean, 360 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Keenan Allen set a franchise record with 16 receptions, uh, 145 yards and a touchdown. A um, little worried about how that defense played against the Jets. I mean, the Jets, again, they're not a good offense. So it was a little worrisome to see how that, that defense played. But, uh, you know, they finally got that elusive win they've been looking for. Uh, and maybe this will be that that momentum builder. You know, they did finally hold on to a win, um, even though the Jets didn't make a bit of a comeback in the second half. Uh, outscored them, twenty, I think, 22-10 to 10 in the second half. So um, the Jets didn't make a comeback, but the Chargers were able to actually hold on to this one. So uh, maybe this will be a momentum turner for the, for the Chargers and they can string together a couple wins. Yeah, I think the Chargers are one of those teams that can play. Um, obviously, they're, they're not going to get in the playoffs, but – they could be a team that we talked about, like the Vikings, that could make some noise down the, the backstretch. They could potentially knock off the Chiefs or something like that because they put up a fight against them before. So they could still affect the playoffs. I don't. Obviously, they're not going to get in it at 3-7 and seven right now, but uh, they're going to be a team that I wouldn't want to play going down the backstretch. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and then on the flip side, I'll, I'll keep it simple, but fire Adam Gase. Uh, <laughs> Where have I heard that before? Yeah, that's all. That seems familiar. Yep. So let's go to my, this is a game that I think was the shocker of the week for me. The Dolphins lose to the Broncos 13 to 20. Not only do they lose, Tua gets benched for performance. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, throws a game ceiling pick. Dolphins lose 13, 20. What'd you think? Uh, Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, the Dolphins were on, I think what a five game winning streak. Yeah. Um, so they were, I mean, it was going to end at some point. It was surprising that it ended in this game. Um, the Broncos played a great game, though. Tim Patrick, 100 yards receiving. Uh, Melvin Gordon had 80 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, Drew Locke did have an interception, but he also had some really nice throws in this game, too. Um, it, it, the thing that was surprising to me is them 
is actually seeing them bench Tua because uh, this is the first game that that not only did he struggle, but the team struggled. And it would have been nice to see uh, Flores actually, you know, let Tua finish the game and and uh, see if he can, you know, dig his way out of the hole rather than just immediately go to the to the veteran backup to see if he can do it. Because at that point, if Ryan Fitzpatrick does lead him back to a win, what happens next week? Um, what happens the week after, you know, because you just created a quarterback controversy if that situation happens. Uh, but luckily for Flores and unlucky, obviously, is is Fitzpatrick through a game, you know, ceiling interception. Uh, and so everyone's expecting Tua to come back next week. But uh, I mean, you there was potential for a huge headache and, and with that quarterback controversy, if it would have gone the other way. Yeah, and I I get where they're coming from, because if you look at Tua's games, he's not done anything insanely good he's his yardage is always low when you look at it he's taken the safe throws i mean 83 yards through more than two quarters is bad um and this is the second or third game where he's had less than 100 yards at halftime so they're trying to and i thought at first it was because of injury because he was getting beat up by this this broncos defense but ryan fitzpatrick comes in and i'm going to be completely honest when he's in the game it looks like a different passing offense like it looks like they can move the ball, quick, decisive throws down the field. But what it boils down to is in position to win with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he threw a pick. And we've seen this time and time again with Ryan Fitzpatrick where a rookie comes in, then the rookie struggles like Jameis Winston. Fitzpatrick comes in, he's the big hero. And then all of a sudden he struggles and then the rookie comes back in. So uh, same old story. I expect Tua to get back on track, but he has to throw the ball better. Um, he's playing super safe, super conservative. Um, dink and dunk five, 10 yard passes. And, and he's just not doing enough, especially if you play a team and we're talking about the dolphins are, are close to one of those teams we were talking about in the AFC that are, it's a stacked division. Yeah. If you go against those teams, like the Ravens, the Steelers, the chiefs, the Titans, you're going to have to score points and you have to score a lot of points because we've determined that, you know, how, how good your defense is almost irrelevant against teams like the chiefs. You're going to have to score uh, 25, 30 points in a game to be competitive. So I think they need to get a fire under two and get him passing the ball a little bit more downfield. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, you're going to like this one. Cowboys Vikings. Andy Dalton comes back, gets the win 31, 28. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, honestly, it was a great game by him. I mean, uh, the, the defense played pretty solid. They didn't play great, but they made some plays. Um, Andy Dalton looked good in this game. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott looked good, had over a hundred yards is his first hundred yard rushing game this season. Um, they were playing a, a Vikings team that was on a bit of a roll lately. Um, and they were able to slow them down enough to, to win the game. And they made some big plays. I mean, they, uh, that touchdown CD lamb had over Gladney in the end zone. That was a little bittersweet because Gladney's a, uh, horn frog. So, uh, that was, that was a fantastic catch by the way. Oh yeah. That was an amazing catch. And then Andy Dalton with, you know, with the touchdown under, what was it under a minute left in the game or under two minutes left yep. to Dalton Schultz in the end zone, um, to, to win the game. So, I mean, it, this was a, a big game for the Cowboys, um, as sad as it is, cause it keeps them in the, in the playoff hunt. Um, but it could also be a momentum builder. I mean, the defense has been playing better. The offense, um, really, the last couple weeks that or the last couple games has has played better. You know, with Garrett Gilbert a couple weeks ago, and then Andy Dalton now. So they're starting to figure out how to play without Dak Prescott and put up points. Uh, and along with that, again, the defense is getting better and better. Uh, and hopefully, they'll carry this momentum into. Uh, the Thanksgiving day game against the Washington football team. So uh, we'll, we'll see if they can continue. 
So what's crazy about this to me, the Vikings outplayed the Cowboys on offense on almost every position. Dalvin Cook had a better game than Zeke. Kirk Cousins had a better game than Dalton. Adam Thielen had a fantastic game, two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't win. And it's kind of insane because, uh, you know, Andy Dalton had to pick. But I, th- I like what they're doing as far as we even saw this earlier in the season when, when Dak would have all those yards, Ezekiel Elliott wouldn't be doing anything. He had over yeah. 20 carries, 100 yards. Andy Dalton played efficiently. 203 yards, three touchdowns. He'd like to see the interception go away, but it's a great two-minute drive. I mean, I watched this game, and, and it was a fantastic two-minute drive by him to throw a touchdown right in the final minutes of the game. Um, it was a good win, and like you said, it's it's kind of a – as a Cowboys fan, I assume it's it's hard right now to decide whether you want them just to suck to get a better draft pick or they're only half game out of the lead in the division. Uh, which way are you leaning? Do you want them to, to try to push forward and, and can they hang out, hang around in the NFC playoffs, or would you like to see them just kind of get a better draft pick? I mean, I'm I'm in the worst position of all because, I mean, I, I want to see both. Um, yep. Because I feel like, it, you know, the, the team has enough offense and the defense is improving enough that even though they are three and seven, I don't think they'd be necessarily an easy win in the playoffs. Um, against anyone, but at the same time, they're three and seven, which means they do need some help. So I would love to see that high draft pick. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see this division play out. And, and this Thanksgiving game becomes a huge one coming up here. So yep. um, fun to watch. Another fun game to watch. Talked about all these great games. I got to see the end of Colts Packers 34 31 Colts in overtime. What do you think of this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, this was, I kind of talked about it last week that this would be a statement game for the Colts. Um, and that, you know, the Packers are obviously, uh, big favorites in, uh, uh, the NFC and the, the Colts are still, you know, they're, they're playing really well, but they're also still kind of an up and down football team. Um, we wanted to see that consistency out of them. We wanted to see that statement be made and they made it. Uh, I mean, they, they, they had a great game. They got Jonathan Taylor going again. Uh, Philip Rivers was able to make some plays, uh, 288 yards, three touchdowns. He did have the interception, but uh, again, you know, 280 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, Michael Pittman Jr. had a great game. Uh, I mean, just overall, this was a great game for them. They ran for 140 yards. Uh, I mean, the defense struggled a little bit, but um, against Aaron Rodgers, that's not surprising. And really after the after the second quarter, the defense locked down. I mean, they only gave up three points in the second half. Um, so after really after halftime, I mean, the defense figured out what was going on with this Packers offense, uh, and, and they shut them down, uh, and they shut them down hard. Um, and, and so, I mean, you, you got to see what this team can do against a, a contending team. And, and they did make a statement on offense and defense. Yeah, I don't know what to think of this Packers team. So honestly, if it's not for Valdez Scantling's fumble in overtime, the Packers probably win this football game. Um, they fumble it and give it to the Colts in field position over time who kick a field goal to win it. But um, I don't know. It's it, They are also one of those teams that kind of play up and down. They're not consistently good or consistently bad. They're just – you never know what they're going to get. This is a team that could easily be in the NFC Championship and they could easily be one and done in the playoffs. So yep. um, it's going to be fun to watch. But the Colts keep proving me wrong every week. I mean, if if I'm being completely honest, I'd never think the Colts are going to win just because at some point Phillip Rivers is going to Phillip Rivers them. But where they're at right now, they're looking good, and and I talked about it earlier. The Titans, they may find themselves out of the out of the the division chances of winning this thing here really quick. I mean, 
Uh, they're tied up at the top, but it's going to get really, really close here down the stretch. It's going to be fun to watch. Yep. Sunday night football. My God. Chiefs Raiders. Chiefs pull it out 35-31, but this was the ugliest of ugly games by the Chiefs. What did you think of this one? All right. You know, so from, from an offensive standpoint, I thought they actually played. Obviously, they put up 35 points, so I thought offensively they played really well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes made some really great plays. Uh, 350 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, the thing I liked about them in this game is they actually let Edward Delaire run the ball compared to last time they played the Raiders. Um, Le'Veon Bell had some nice runs. I think he had, what, his first touchdown with the Chiefs? Yep. Um, Travis Kelsey looked phenomenal. Um, uh, Tyree Kill looked great. I think he had, what, four or five catches on the first series alone. Um, yep. They had they had some slip-ups. Uh, Robinson, Demarcus Robinson had uh, – had had a pretty rough game, honestly. Um, they had they had some slip ups here and there, but uh, I mean, offensively they they played a pretty immaculate game. Honestly, defensively they looked terrible. Um, I mean, the 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 defensive line was being pushed around. The linebackers weren't making plays. Um, the scheme itself was bad. I mean, they're putting you know defensive ends and linebackers on Darren Waller and and uh, and Jason Witten. You know that touchdown that Jason Witten had at the end of the game to to put the Raiders up. Uh, uh, they had a defensive end on him. So uh, the scheme itself was bad. The secondary wasn't making plays. You know, Bashad Breland had a really rough game. Uh, Charvarius Ward was, you know, looking pretty rough out there. Uh, I mean, they, it was it was a rough game on defense. Chris Jones, I think, had, what, a couple false starts. Yeah. Um, he had a couple false starts. And on, honestly, Rodney Hudson, uh, I mean, Rodney Hudson just kind of manhandled Chris Jones in the game, to be completely honest, um, and, and took – Chris Jones right out of the game uh, and without Chris Jones Hitchens and Wilson and those guys at the linebacker position were not able to to make some of those plays that they've been making this season and and the second half of last season so uh, which also gave Derek Carr plenty of time to throw the ball which put the the secondary in, in a bad position and, and uh, forced them to make some bad plays so uh, part of that I think comes down to scheme part of it I think is performance I mean that the defense honestly looked pretty flat but uh, they were able to make some plays at the end of the game uh, Dan Sorensen who who uh, I mean honestly is, is about as mediocre of a safety as you could find but somehow the guy comes through as a clutch player every single time um, his clutch is, is incredible, but his, you know, his first three and a half quarters of play are about as mediocre as there is. Um, but put him in the last half of the fourth quarter and he makes plays though. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what it is, but it seems like these AFC West teams have kind of got the chiefs number on, you know, you look at the chargers who have lost a lot of football games. They put up a hell of a fight against the chiefs. The Raiders have beat the chiefs. And if you're looking at this game, their offense was until that last drive, pretty much flawless. Uh, I think they had one punt in the first half, and that was at the very last part of the half. Um, Derek Carr looked amazing in this game, and I've never said that about Derek Carr in my life, but he was unstoppable. He was throwing the ball really nice, throwing it, placing it in perfect, um, just perfect, where Darren Waller was the only guy who could catch it, just dropping dimes in there. Fantastic game by the Raiders. I'll give them all the credit in the world, but this is, and we talk about it week in and week out, these are the games that good teams win. Yep. Even the games you struggle, even the games where your defense falls flat and the other offense is pretty much perfect, you find a way to win. Yep. And the Chiefs did that. I mean, you give the ball to Mahomes with a minute 35 left, and we kind of looked at talked about the surprising stat that Mahomes had never thrown a touchdown in under two minutes to take the lead. Um, 
part of that's because he usually does it either sooner than two minutes or they kick a field goal to win. He's had a lot of come from behind wins, but never a touchdown. They drive it right down the field and score a touchdown with 28 seconds left with one timeout. So I think to me that honestly, the MVP of the Chiefs right now has got to be Travis Kelsey. That guy is an absolute freak right now. He cannot be covered. I know that they talked a lot about Darren Waller, but uh, it's clear right now who the best tight end in the NFL is, and it's Travis Kelsey by a mile. I mean, he's fast. He gets open. He's great after the catch. Um, he's 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 fantastic, and it makes Mahomes' job a lot easier in these situations when you can look for, for 87 there. So great job by them, but I will give the Raiders all the credit in the world. They they put up a fight. It's one of those where I, I would hate to have to play the Raiders in the playoffs, so um, if the other AFC teams could step up and eliminate these guys, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, and, and and also, I mean, with this game, uh, from from the Raiders' side, I mean, again, like you said, they did play a pretty flawless game. I mean, Darren Waller looked great. Nelson Aguilar uh, had a great game. I mean, he was at, it's weird seeing him actually being able to hold on to the ball. Uh, as an NFC East guy, I've seen him drop a lot of passes. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's, it's nice, honestly, cause he is a good receiver. So, I mean, he was making some big plays. Rugs had a couple big plays. Uh, Josh Jacobs ran the ball pretty well. Uh, the offensive line played fantastic. Uh, and Derek Carr, honestly, Derek Carr gave some great, great photos or great screenshots for memes as well. Uh, so, I mean, they, yeah, did, they just he did everything. Set his meme game up big time. Yeah. So, I mean, they did everything perfect except for really one drive. And that one drive is what you know, is what cost him at the, at the end when he threw the interception. But uh, again, that, you know, they likely weren't going to win the game at that point anyway. So it was just more of a forced interception. But um, outside of that, outside of that interception, I mean, this game was perfect by him. Um, and it just, just wasn't quite enough, unfortunately, for the Raiders. So um, my only thing is I don't, I, I haven't been able to confirm, did the Chiefs take a victory lap around the Death Star or? They did not. They did not. Okay. They decided to be the bigger men and did not take the victory lap. Walk away. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was like a mic drop. They just walked in there, beat him, and then just left. Well, that's unfortunate. That would have been funny. <laughs> no, I was really hoping for the victory lap. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about this, the whole victory lap thing and all this stuff, is I feel like finally the Chiefs Raiders rivalry is really starting to heat up again because even Derek Carr said earlier this year, Hey, to have a rivalry, we need to win some of these games. Well, now this year they've got a win against the chiefs. And then this close brutal battle here, they had Sunday. I think this rivalry might officially be back and I'm excited about it. Oh yeah. Any, anytime you have a rivalry like that, it, it not only makes that division better, it makes the NFL better, honestly. Cause I love to hate the Raiders. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's talk about last night's game here. Rams beat the Bucks. Tom Brady, again, we talked about this up and down season that some of these guys have been having. Tom Brady's right up there with them. Uh, just looked off. Two picks, and and they lose a game here, and they're sitting at 7-4, and four, another game behind the Saints. So this is going to be a really interesting race in the NFC. What did you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, it's a disappointing performance by the Bucks, honestly, because they had the perfect opportunity to, to go out and win this game. And not only, you know, put themselves in in good position for the division but also um really just kind of gain some ground it, it just in case they slip to a wild card um you know being that top you know top seeded wild card could be a big advantage as well um so it was a little 
a little disappointing to see how they played. Um, with that being said, Tom Brady did not look great, but the the Bucks offense honestly didn't look great. Ronald Jones uh, only ran for 24 yards last night on 10 carries. Um, that was after going for 190 yards last week. Uh, so the run game looked off. The the passing game looked off. The they you know the offensive line looked off. They weren't protecting him. They weren't giving him much time to throw. Uh, he looked rushed the entire time. Michael Brockers. Uh, was up in his face all night. Um, Aaron Donald obviously was up in his face all night because that's what Aaron Donald does. Um, you know the 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 Bucks or not the Bucks, but the Rams secondary seemed to be in in some of the Buccaneers receivers' heads. Uh, Jalen Ramsey in particular. Um, but I mean, it it was. It, it was an ugly game by the Buccaneers, but a great game by the Rams. I mean, Jared Goff is looking like Jared Goff of a few years ago. Um, I'd like to see him find a little bit better running game. Uh, but Cooper Cup, Robert Woods both look phenomenal. Uh, defense obviously looked phenomenal. So uh, good game by the Rams and just kind of a sloppy game by the Buccaneers. Yeah, and the Rams are one of those teams that I think if you go back and look at our uh, division predictions, neither one of us had them winning this division. And right now it's – uh, they're a team I wouldn't want to play going down the back stretch. Obviously, the Seahawks will put up a fight. Yeah, um, the Cardinals. It's going to be a really good division in the NFC, but the Rams are in control right now. Yep, for sure. I think I actually had them finishing either third or fourth in the division, if I remember right. Yep, I think that's right. Which the 49ers, That's a whole whole other thing. But yeah, with the injuries, but still impressive nonetheless by the Rams. Yep. All right, let's dive into this week's game picks. Thursday night football, or actually, it's not Thursday night. It's Thanksgiving Day football. Yep. Texans Lions. Who do you got? Uh, you know, I'm going to go Texans in this game because, uh, I mean, just the Lions offense just looked obviously pitiful this last week. Uh, the Texans seem to be playing a little bit better right now. Um, without Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's Deshaun Watson's having a great season. That's what people are missing out on, despite the Texans being bad this year. Um, Deshaun Watson and, and Will Fuller are having phenomenal seasons this year. Um, so the offense, I, I think it's clicking a little bit. Um, the Lions offense is not clicking at all at the moment. Um, uh, so I'm going to go with the Texans. Yeah, I'm going to go with Texans too. And it, it is disappointing because every year, a part of me wants the Lions to succeed so bad. And every year they do the same thing. So I don't see anything changing here. I mean, you can't, you can't lose 20 to nothing to – uh, a bunch of backups <laughs> and then expect to come in and win on Thanksgiving. So I'm going to go Texans as well. All right. The second of our Thanksgiving triple header is the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. Who you got? Uh, I'm going with the red rifle. Sorry, Alex Smith, but simple as that red rifle, Zeke Elliott, the trio of receivers uh, all day. You know what? I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Uh, love Alex Smith. Love what he's doing there, but. I don't know. I think the Cowboys team, I feel I feel the tides kind of turn a little bit. If Andy Dalton can stay healthy and not get knocked out of the game again, and they can keep feeding Zeke, uh, I like this team. Washington's got a good defense, but I think the Cowboys pull this one off and potentially take the lead in the division. All right, smart man. <laughs> I occasionally get some right. All right, the last of our triple header, Thursday night, Ravens-Steelers. going to be a hell of a game. Who do you got? Uh, you know, if it's played, you got to give the Steelers because they're undefeated at the yep. moment and they've already beat the Ravens and the Ravens. Again, the offenses look like trash um, this year or the I mean, really the year, but particularly the last four or five games. Uh, I like what the Steelers are doing, despite the competition they're going against. Uh, my only question is, if is if the game's going to be played at all? 
Yeah. J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, both test positive for COVID. Ravens even had more COVID tests today, and they shut down practice. Facilities are shut down. Um, and honestly, the game being two nights away, it's uh, it's a real question whether it gets pushed to Sunday even. So yeah, um, I do think it'll probably be played this week. I just don't know if it's going to be played on Thanksgiving, but I'm going to take the Steelers either way. Um, for, for one reason, obviously they're undefeated and they beat the Ravens, but I don't like Lamar Jackson in primetime games. So I'm going to go Steelers here. Okay. This one's going to be an underrated fun game here. Justin Herbert and the Chargers taking on Josh Allen and the Bills. Who do you got? I mean, you got to go the Bills in this one, I think. Uh, coming off the bye week, uh, going against – I mean, the Chargers won this week against the Jets. Um, it was a nice win by him, but the Bills are a whole other beast. Um, you got to go with, with Josh Allen and the Bills. Yep, I'm with you. I like I like Justin Herbert, but I just don't see them beating the Bills. And, and I think it's going to be the same, though. I don't think they lose by more than one score. So I think it's going to continue their trend. Bills by a touchdown. All right. Another great divisional matchup here. Titans, Colts. Who you got? You know, I'm going Colts. Uh, I, you would. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I just, I feel like whenever. You know, I'm going to go Colts just because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, go, I'm going the Colts. I just, I like what they're doing. I like how this season's going for them. Uh, and the Titans, I mean, they won this week, but they've still been struggling recently. So uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Colts. I take it back. I'm not going to go with Colts. I'm going to go with the Titans here. Um I love Derrick Henry, and I think it, as long as he keeps it up, I think that they got a shot every week. Uh, it's very rare that you see a team go into overtime and their their weapon to bust off a big touchdown is Derrick Henry. It's happened multiple times. Uh, that guy in overtime is a beast. He's averaging you know twenty eight carries a game or some craziness. So I'm gonna go Titans here. Okay, I will eventually be right against the Colts here. <laughs> All right, Panthers-Vikings. Who knows the status? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think he said he's doubtful to play this game. Don't know about Teddy Bridgewater yet, but we got Vikings-Panthers. Who do you got? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go the Vikings. I know Adam Thielen's status is still up in the air. Um, I know he he was placed on reserve list because of COVID. Um, But uh, I'm going to go the Vikings because, I mean, it's nice seeing P.J. Walker do what he did. Um, And and Teddy Bridgewater's having a good – good season regardless of who plays at quarterback. I just I like what the Vikings are doing on offense. Uh the defense needs to tighten up a little bit. I think this is a good team to to get the defense back on back on track against honestly. So uh, I think the Vikings are going to have a little too much offense for the Panthers to keep up with. I'm with you on this one. Uh, the combo right now of Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins playing, you know, he doesn't have to play crazy when he's got those two guys. So I like what they're doing, and I like Dalvin Cook, and I think that they're going to beat the Panthers. Right. How about Browns and Jags? That one ought to be fun. Yeah, that's uh, and you know what's, <laughs> what's, what's crazy is is Gardner Minshew is has uh, uh, you know he's missed several games this year already, um, but he's still thrown for almost two thousand yards actually, um, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. So I mean, had he not missed several games, he probably would have ended up with probably a good 4,500 yard season uh, and probably 30 touchdowns, which is crazy. But um, off that side, little track, I'm going to go with the Browns because they're seven and three, the Jaguars. I mean, they're, they're having nice flashes. James Robinson looks great. DJ sharks having another solid year. Um, they have these little flashes, but they, they just can't put together a game, uh, a complete game really at all. Um, they have drives and they have flashes in games, but uh, that's not going to be enough to beat a seven win team. 
as as kind of stagnant as that Browns offense can be at times. Uh, I, I don't think the Jags can can top them. I got a bold prediction here. I think the Browns win, and I think that their two headed monster running backs are going to go for two hundred total yards between two of them. Okay. I think you're either going to see two hundred yard rushers or or one like hundred fifty, and the other guy have fifty. But either way, I think they're going to get it down on the ground. And uh, I like I like the two headed monster they got going on. All right, Giants Bengals, the Joe Burrow list Bengals. Who you got? Uh, I, I mean, you got to go to the Giants in this one because honestly, I don't even know who the backup for the Bengals is. It's Ryan Finley. Oh, Ryan Finley. That's right. okay. I was thinking that, but I was blanking on that. Uh, I mean, I you, as I want to see the Bengals win because if the Cowboys win and the Giants lose, uh, the Cowboys have the lead. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Giants in this one. I like Daniel Jones. He's starting to kind of pick it up these last several games. Uh, he actually I think leads the the Giants in rushing as well, which is crazy. Um, so without without Joe Burrow, I mean the Bengals were still a bad team even with Joe Burrow. I think without him, they're a really bad team. So uh, going the Giants. Yeah, I think with Joe Burrow, I might have actually picked the Bengals to win this game, but no, not not without him. I think the Giants are going to win this one relatively easy. This is going to be a fun game too here. Cardinals, Patriots, two running quarterbacks. Who do you got? I'm going Cardinals. Uh, again, I don't think the Patriots have enough offense to keep up with them. Uh, I know the the Patriots played a better game this last week in offense, but um, overall throughout the season, they just have not had enough offense, and I don't. I think that will continue this week. I'm with you on that. Kyler Murray gets it done. How about Dolphins and Jets? Tua is going to get his starting job back uh, going against the worst team in the NFL. Who do you got? I go in Dolphins because Jets haven't beat anyone, so that's an easy one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there's not even any more analysis we have to do. It's the Jets. Dolphins win. Yep. Raiders, Falcons. Who do you got? Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Raiders on this one. Sorry, I thought about that more than I should have. Uh, <laughs> you mean, had to think about whether Dan Quinn was still there. It yeah, still haunts yeah, your dreams a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it took him took him a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to go the Raiders again. The the offense looked immaculate this week uh, against the Chiefs, who have a pretty solid defense. I know the Chiefs defense looked flat this week, um, but the Chiefs defense looking flat is still better than the Falcons defense. So um, I, you got to go the Raiders in this one. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go Raiders too. Um, I, and I don't know; it, it's weird because I, I feel like the Derek Carr you're gonna see this week and even last week isn't the same Derek Carr you saw against the Chiefs. It, I don't know if it's the rivalry or the pressure of going against Mahomes, but uh, both games that Derek Carr's played the Chiefs this year, he's been phenomenal and he's had a good season. But I, I still think that the Raiders are gonna get it done here. But I just don't know he's gonna be quite as sharp as he was this last week. All right. Saints Broncos who you got uh, again this is this is I, I don't know I kind of feel like this could be a trap game for the Saints I think everyone's going to be really high on on Taysom Hill because of how he played but I feel like this could also be a trap game uh, I do think the Saints win the game but I think it's a much uglier game uh, I think it's a lot closer I think Taysom Hill doesn't play nearly as well uh, now now uh, Vic Fangio has some film on Taysom Hill actually starting and playing an entire NFL game uh, I think they're going to be ready for him but I do think the Saints win it. Ugly, though. Ooh. I'm going to go Broncos. Okay. Surprising as that may be. Um, I think if there's any defense, when we saw the Broncos dead to Tua, um, and honestly, I don't think you can anyone can honestly say that uh, Taysom Hill right now is better than Tua is. This Broncos defense, even without Von Miller, can still pressure the quarterback. Yeah. And when you got a guy who, honestly, his career passes now are up to, like, what, 30? Yep. 
maybe. I think it's going to be tough to go against this Broncos D. And uh, I think what this game really boils down to is can Drew Locke not turn the ball over? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's been a game this year where he hasn't turned the ball over. If he does that, they have a real chance of beating the Saints right now. Um, I think their defense can put pressure on Taysom Hill, keep him in control, not let him run all over the field. And if they can just get Drew Locke to not turn the ball over, the Broncos have a real shot at this, and I think they can pull it off. Close one. Okay. 49ers, Rams, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams, uh, and I'll keep it simple. Uh, they they have too much offense, honestly, for the 49ers to keep up with. Yeah, I'll, it, my simple is uh, 49ers, too many injuries. <laughs> Rams are going to win this one. Chiefs and Bucks, the old Pat Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Who do you got? I mean, I'm going to go the Chiefs because I do think they're a better team. You're damn right, you will. Uh, I also feel obliged because you went for the Cowboys. So, okay. um, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go the Chiefs because I think they are the better team. However, I do think this is going to be a close game because, like I've said all season long, really. I mean, every time Tom Brady has a, a bad game. And the Bucks lose, everyone panics, and then he comes out and lights it up the next week. So uh, I think he comes out. I think Tom Brady has a good game. I think the Bucks offense puts up a lot of points, honestly. Um, but I think the Chiefs just put up a little more. So um, I think it's a close one. I think it's high scoring, probably like probably kind of like the Chiefs uh, Raiders this last week, probably 35-31, 35-28, uh, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs. And, and mainly because I think the the strength of this Buccaneers team is their defense. And honestly, I've yet to see a defense really completely shut the Chiefs down. Even when a defense, quote unquote, shuts the Chiefs down, it's like Mahomes throws for 250 and two touchdowns and they still win. So you saw the 49ers defense do it. You saw the Rams defense a couple of years ago try it. You you saw the Ravens try it, the Titans. All these teams had good defenses. None of them could really slow them down. And and honestly, I don't think that the Bucks can score the 30-something points that's going to be necessary to beat the Chiefs. So I'm going to go Chiefs in this one. All right. Bears, Packers, Sunday night football. Who do you got? I'm going Packers. Um, again, uh, pretty simple like some of the other games. Packers have too much offense. Bears won't be able to keep up. Yep, I agree. And I'm not even sure who the Bears quarterback is going to be right now. Yeah, um, I'm not 100% honest. They talked about a possible quarterback change, even if if Foles is healthy and, and Trubisky's still bit banged up and they brought Deshaun Kaiser in. I don't know what the heck's going to happen, but uh, I'm going to take the Packers regardless. I just don't think that anything is going to magically fix this team right now. All right. Monday Night Football, Seahawks, Eagles. Who do you got? Uh, Seahawks got them big. Um, Carson Wentz just just makes too many mistakes. Uh, the the Seahawks or the Eagles defense has been all over the place this season. Um, they have no identity. Carson Wentz has no uh, no confidence uh, and, again, makes too many mistakes. I think the Seahawks – honestly, I think the Seahawks win this by double digits. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is one of those games where the let Russ cook motto can actually work. <laughs> yeah. I think he could easily come out there and throw four or five touchdowns in this game, yeah. and I don't think it's going to be relatively close. Yep. All right, that wraps up our week picks here. Let's talk about fantasy football and how I beat you this week. How about that? Oh, it took you having amazing games. I let it be known I scored like the second or third most points in our league though uh, this week. I just happened to play the guy that played the most. So I'm also undefeated game. against Mike in that league this week or this year. Yeah. Uh, but we also play in another league. This That's week. not important. End of show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens in that one. Uh, I yep. will be without 
Christian McCaffrey, but uh, you've got a pretty weak team overall. So I feel like I can. (laughs) That was just generically hurt. Hurt there. (laughs) (laughs) My running backs are atrocious right now. I mean, the guy started Rex Burkhead, who tore his ACL. Uh, yeah, so, it was either that or Philip Lindsay, and I think Rex Burkhead still had more points than Philip Lindsay. I mean, would your running backs get you like twelve points altogether, or fifteen points something? It was twelve. Yeah. So I let's mean, move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, my running back sneak. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's barely played for me this year, and 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 gets me more points than that. On average, <laughs> he got more points for you on the bench than I. <laughs> yeah. So I got. Absolutely. It's a very sad state of affairs. In my defense, I did draft Saquon Barkley in that league. He was out. And then I also drafted Austin Eckler. He's on IR. It's been a rough season for running backs for me. Yeah. I mean, I have Christian McCaffrey, but, you know, uh, my running backs are still performing. <laughs> yeah, about that. Uh, and I, what other headlines are you looking forward to this week? Let's move on. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it, I think just keeping an eye on that Raven Steelers game with the COVID. Um, situation that's that's going on there. See if that game's actually played this week. Uh, you know that again, kind of as sad as it is that that tight NFC East. I mean, there's a lot of change that could happen in that division um, this week. It's still, you know, in terms of playoff positioning, as sad as it is, it, it still matters because one of those teams is hosting a playoff game. So, uh, and then again, we we not a lot of great games this week, but I think some intriguing games. I think the Chiefs Buccaneers could be a really good game. Uh, I'd like to see, like you were talking about a little bit ago, the Bears with, uh, you know, who, who are they going to bring out at quarterback? If, if Trubisky's mm-hmm. hurt and they don't go with Nick Foles, are they really going to start Tyler Bray? Um, are they really going to start Deshaun Kaiser, who they just signed off the pra- you know off a practice squad a couple weeks ago? Um, so, I mean, there's some headlines there to, to keep an eye out on, but uh, I think really the big one is just kind of seeing if that, that Steelers-Ravens game is actually going to be played. And to me – even if that game's played, it's one of the biggest games because if the Steelers win, I mean, it's damn near knocking the Ravens out of the playoffs. Yeah. Because at that point, they'll be 6-5 and five in a stacked AFC, and it's going to be an uphill climb for them to even get in as a wild card. Yeah. But a win here can go a long ways in in deciding that thing. So this is almost a must-win for the Ravens. Yep. Um, the same thing, Titans-Colts game. It's going to be fantastic. That's for the lead. I mean, they're right now they're tied in first place. That's for the lead in the division. So – Another great one to keep an eye on. There's, like you said, not a lot of fantastic games, but just enough games. Um, you heard it here first from from me and Mike. Watch out for that Saints Broncos game. That's going to be a, a trap game that could potentially. Um, we talked about the questionable decision with Taysom Hill. This could be uh, the turning point for that. He could either come out and destroy the Broncos, and it's his job, or he comes out and sucks, and and James Winston could be playing next week. So. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I th- and there's going to be plenty of fun games. I mean, t- teams are going to play up. They're going to play down. Most importantly, though, Thanksgiving, eat a lot of food, watch a lot of football, take a lot of naps. You're going to love it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, why don't you tell them where else they can find us? Uh, as always, check us out on gridironauthority.com. Uh, uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a like. Give us a subs- uh, subscribe. Tell us what you think. Uh, ask us any questions or you just tell us we're dumbasses. doesn't really matter. Uh, just take a listen and, and or, or just Mike. I mean, or, or Keith. I mean, the guy drafted Saquon Barkley. Come on. Ouch. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, just check us out on, on any of those, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, and like I said, give us a like, give us a uh, subscribe and uh, tell us what you think. All right. We'll see you guys next time.